Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metal, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. Hallelujah, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. I welcome you to today's edition of Bible Platform. I'm your friend, Pastor Hansen Metal. Today we're going to talk about the faith factor in seeking God. The faith factor in seeking God. Clearly the Bible teaches that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That all who come to him must believe that he is a rewarder of all who seek him. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit breathe upon us as we go through today's study. Hallelujah. Now what I was talking about is from Hebrews 11.6. And so let me read the scripture. Hebrews 11.6, a new international version of the Bible. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who honestly seek him. Are you designed to know God and to have a deeper and have a growing relationship with the Almighty God? Then I recommend these two things to you. If you listen to the scripture carefully, in fact, these two things are required of you. I've done a previous series where I spoke extensively about the need to seek God and how to seek God. And I'm believing that tackling this particular topic will help you to gain a full understanding or a greater understanding of what is required of you in your daily pursuit of God and of our Christ. Hallelujah. So as I was saying, you look at Hebrews 11:6, and two things are required of you and I. The first is, if you're coming to God, you must believe that God exists. You don't come to God doubting his existence. You must believe that God exists. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In other words, some put their trust in what they have acquired Maybe in terms of their academics, maybe in terms of their financial power, maybe in terms of their connections without God. So the scripture clearly describes such as being at a different level from those of us who believe in God. So he says some trust in chariots and some in horses by we, talking about those of us who believe in God. And we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We will remember in everything that we do, we are focused on who we believe, the name of the Lord. Because it's a strong tower, the righteous run into it, and they are saved. The righteous, those who are born again of his spirit, are those who think they are sufficient in themselves and boast about their achievements in terms of acquisitions and whatever. So Proverbs 3.5, Proverbs 3.5. 
Remember, we are discussing the need for us to believe that God exists, the faith factor. We must believe that God exists if we come seeking him. That's the number one thing we must, according to Hebrews 11.6, those who come to him must believe that he exists. So Proverbs 3.5, endorsing that says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, all thine heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Our understanding can be deceptive. It can get in the way. And sometimes make illusions look like solutions. So, when we come to God, we should come in faith. We should trust in Him with everything within us. And we should not, for any reason, rely on our own understanding of what God is doing, how God should do this, how. No, we may miss it. Our understanding and God's understanding are not the same. We must Come believing that God exists. Now, Psalm 53, verse 11, the first part says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. So you cannot know God with a heart full of doubt about his existence. He who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. So the first is, you must believe that God exists. I can't overstress that. The second requirement is that you must believe that God is a rewarder of all who seek to know him and have a relationship with him. If you seek him, you will find him. And he will reward you. I get, I'm very excited about this second aspect of it. That he is a rewarder of all those who seek him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus clearly tells us to come to him. And he tells us that when we come to him, he has something to offer us that is better than what we had before we come to him. So in Matthew eleven twenty, he says, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Who among us can say that he's not laboring and not heavy laden? The difference may simply be that some of us have come. We have answered the call to come, the invitation to come. And because we have taken the step of faith, he has given us rest. He gave a promise. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will. Let me place emphasis here. I, talking about Jesus. When you come to Jesus, he's not going to put you in a situation where your destiny is dependent on what a prophet says. No. A prophet is only a channel. And let me tell you something interesting I found in the book of Acts. The apostles were in one place and Paul's belt was lying down somewhere. And then a prophet came in, Agabus, and Agabus took the belt of Paul. He didn't know whose belt it was. But moved by the Holy Spirit and revelation, I mean pure divine revelation, not this kind of marine spirit manifestations, pure Holy Ghost, true prophetic word came to the prophet Agabus. He took the belt and he said, that the one whose belt is holding, the Holy Spirit was showing him that that person would go to Jerusalem and if that happens, that person will suffer serious persecution. Now the belt belonged to Paul. So immediately the other disciples there began to put pressure on Paul not to go to Jerusalem. And he said, what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Because he knew God had told him already. Remember when he was knocked down on the road to Damascus and he got born again, God told Ananias, 
to go and pray for Paul. And he said, and I will show him the things he will suffer for my sake. So Paul knew that his ministry cannot be separated from persecution. So the fact that a prophet says, the one whose belt is is going to be persecuted, didn't change his agenda. So if you're looking for prophecy to run away from crisis, and that's why you are so obsessed about knowing everything about every day, you are wearing the wrong shoes. Come over and answer the call, the true call of the gospel of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, in this world you shall have persecution. But be of good cheer. Don't let this thing shake you. Be of good cheer. Why? For I have overcome the world. And you will overcome. Beloved, you will overcome. Just stay focused. I mean, have faith in God. Believe that God is with you and God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can endure. Say the good book, the Holy Bible. Amen. So you must believe that God is a rewarder of all who seek to know him and develop a relationship with him. God rewards. Many times the reason we miss out on the rewards is that we narrow it down to material, to the material. And, and, and I keep on saying that if all your, your, your emphasis is about the material world, your understanding and your relationship of God will forever be stunted. God is spirit. Those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth, in spirit. So Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. He was not um, trying to play down the, the importance of bread. But he said, bread is not the only issue. Beyond bread, there is breath. And breath is from the spirit. Bread sustains the body. Breath, the breath of God, sustains the soul. The body dies, the soul does not die. Beloved, so come to God, come believing that he's a rewarder of all those who seek him. Psalm 58, the verse 11a, the verse 11a, Psalm 58. So that a man shall say, truly, there is a reward for the righteous. You will be rewarded. Don't stop doing good. Don't, don't renegade on your faith. Don't throw in the tower and say, I've been worshiping God all this time and I don't know what God has done for me. God has done for you what no amount of money can do. God has done for you what no university can do. God has done for you what no human being, no spirit, no other person can do for you. I mean, I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He has restored you to God. He has made peace between you and God, taking away the hostility that was between you and your creator. God has done a lot already and God will do more as you keep trusting because he is a rewarder. Let me take the Psalm 58, 11 here again. It says, so that a man shall say, truly there is a reward for the righteous. You may be under some stress right now and you want to give up on some good that you are doing, maybe for your family, maybe for your community, maybe for because you don't seem to be gaining anything. From all the good things that you are doing. And every time the backlash. You do good and it's a backlash. Of negative and bad comments. And you are not appreciated. Don't stop. There is a reward. For your righteous work. God will reward you. In the fullness of time. It will come. Don't give up. Let's take this scripture. Talking about the reward. That God will give you. 
if you stand in faith. Matthew 6, 4. Let your giving be in secret. And your father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. Beloved, you must believe. You must believe that God is a rewarder. Don't guess whether God will reward you for the sacrifices you are making, for working in obedience, living a life that is costing you so much because you are losing things on the basis of standing up on the side of truth that you will not lose if you choose the line of untruth. God has promised and God will keep his promise. He will reward your faithfulness in the fullness of time. You are listening to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. This and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continued. Now let me show you something. David is a very classic example of one who believed God and he sought God. And no doubt he was arguably Israel's greatest king that ever lived. And it will help us so much if with your indulgence I read from Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter number five, the verses seventeen to nineteen. David will always go to God and ask for direction. And God will reward his diligent search. So second Samuel five reading from 17 to 19 and then 22 to 25. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in a full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord. I want that to sink. David inquired of the Lord. Friends, we're talking about a man who was a seasoned soldier with men around him, well trained for battle, for war. And yet, when he felt threatened, the first thing he did, he sought the Lord. What has been your reaction in the battles that you face? Seek God. Now we're going to see whether God rewarded him with an answer or not. So the Bible says, so David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. And I dare to speak into somebody's life, somebody believing God, somebody trusting in the word we are sharing this morning, that despite the situation and circumstances in which you find yourself, go. The Lord will hand your enemies over to you. I'm not talking about human enemies. And if human beings dare to stand against you, I'm telling you they will fail. They will fail. The battle is the Lord's. Keep faith and keep trusting. Inquire of God. Don't run around looking for prophets. That's not what I'm talking about. God speaks to all of us. If God needs a prophet to speak to you through another person, God will send another person to you. You don't need to go chasing them. 
That is the New Testament plan that God has blueprint that God has put down for us. The church is structured to work as a team, not a one-man show, not hero worship. All worship in the New Testament covenant must be directed to Christ alone. Praise God. Praise God. So that's why you see the disciples in the book of Acts chapter 15. When there was contention, it was the team that met. And that was the way they went about the work of God. It was teamwork. So seek God for yourself. Stand in faith. Believe God. Believe God. Open your heart and ask the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit indwells you, ask him to direct you. What shall I do? He will direct you. Because we are not willing to listen to him. We are not willing to give him the chance to speak to us. And because he is a gentleman and will not impose himself on us. That's why we are in the mess in which we are. And always think that somebody else must hear for us. When we have ears of our own, our spiritual ears must be developed so that we can hear from God for ourselves. Praise God. Praise God. So here we read David seeking God. His stance of faith was rewarded. Then again in verses 22 to 25, the Bible reads, Once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord. Second time, he did not say that the first time they came, I inquired of God. So the second time they have come, why should I go back to God? I have inquired of God once and I have defeated them. Let me go and fight them. To know, overconfidence has destroyed many Christians and will blame it on God. But you see, every day is different. You can't say I prayed yesterday, so if I don't pray today, it doesn't matter. It matters. Yesterday's battles are different from today's battles. My dear, they are different from today's battles. Pray every day. Seek God every day. Trust God every day. David faced the same enemies. And we are told he went back to God. And listen. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered. God answered him. Do not go straight up. But circle around. So you see the strategy of the second battle was not the same as the first battle. So if David had assumed that God told him to do it this way, so he was going to do it the same way, he would have lost the battle. Cool. Not because the enemy was stronger this time around, but because he operated on the basis of overconfidence. Confidence is good, but overconfidence, overconfidence is lack of faith in God. Overconfidence says, I don't need God again. But confidence says, I know God is with me and I will win. Therefore, I will keep relying, trusting and seeking him and he will do it. And if you take that stance, it doesn't matter what situation and circumstance you are facing. You will win. I dare declare into your spirit and into your circumstance and into your situation. You will win this battle. You will win. So the Lord gave him the strategy. He said, don't go straight up but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. Listen, my dear. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. The point here is, is this. Very interesting. The same God. The same God. Now marching on top of trees. Different direction altogether. Different direction altogether. Don't take God's leading for granted. And don't assume anything. Especially when you are confronted with spiritual battles. 
difficult situations, difficult people standing in your way, resisting you. Don't curse them. Don't curse them. Just make sure that your face is before God. Give yourself wholly to prayer and if necessary, fast. Fast. The food will be there for you to eat another day. Fast and pray. Somebody tells you, had a dream. Maybe you are involved in an accident. You are dead or something. You panic and you don't know what to do. New Testament, new covenant believer. You don't know what to do. You are just refusing to do what you know you must do. Because of the inconvenience and the sacrifice involved. Commit yourself to fasting and prayer. And submit to God. The Bible says resist the devil. He will flee. And call the devil's bluff. Ask God to protect you. Ask God to cancel that negative vision or dream or whatever it is. Praise God. And so the Lord gave him the direction. The Bible says in verse 25, So David did as the Lord commanded him. It is one thing to hear what God is saying. Another thing to do exactly what God is telling us to do. David did exactly what the Lord asked him to do. And what happened? And he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Giza. He struck them not halfway. He struck them all the way. And this David I'm talking about, let me, let me run through some scriptures. You see, it's a good example, a great example of a man of unwavering faith. A man of unwavering faith. Conquering faith. Faith that stands the test of time. Second Samuel. Second Samuel. Chapter 22, verse 30. Let's listen to words from his own mouth. This is what he says. For by you, he's talking about God. For by you, I can run against a troop. Wow. For by you, God, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over her wall. Running against a troop. That's not a joke. Scaling over a wall. He's not even telling us the dimensions of the wall, what, the height of it. It, it, did, it didn't matter to him. If God will empower him, what he is trying to imply here is that as long as he had God on his side, nothing was impossible. Can I suggest to you that somebody greater than David is with you? Jesus, the anointed one. And if David could do it, you can do it. If you can believe like David, you can run against a troop. Spiritually speaking, you can scale any wall of hindrance and setback that the enemy has placed in your way. In the same second Psalm 22, 48 to 49, David declares, It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. It is God. It is God. So he attributed his successes to God. And he continues to say, He delivers me from my enemies. You also lifted me up above those who rise against me. You delivered me from the violent men. So friend, beloved one, don't panic. Don't fret. Don't be driven into doing things that are ungodly. Don't come to the level of those who are insulting you and be like them in terms of how they talk. So they curse you, you curse them back. Insult you, you insult them. You have come to their level. You are not supposed to be at their level. You are supposed to rise above them. You are supposed to rise. If there's some battle you must fight in your secret place of prayer, you commit yourself to fighting the spirits that are using those people to attack you. You bind them, you, you paralyze them. 
So you realize that they are human agents because you have dealt with the spirits behind them are not able to operate at the level they were operating with you before. But physically when they see you, just keep quiet. Just keep quiet. And that's what David is saying here. He said, you also lifted me up above those who rise against you. You must not come down to their level. You must be up above them. You have delivered me from the violent man. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So David again instructs us in Psalm 37, the verses 5 and 7. And he says, commit your way to the Lord. I love this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your way to the Lord. The verse 7 of Psalm 37. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Don't worship people on the basis of what they have got. And because you haven't gotten it, let them, don't let them trample on you. You are a container of the glory of God. Thank God for what they have, but don't covet it. What you need to survive, if you stay faithful, God will provide. He will never put you to shame. Yes, you heard me right. He will never put you to shame. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Beloved, the God we serve does not fill those who seek him with hearts of faith, including you. Your own ability and strength cannot save you. And that's what I'm calling you away from. Psalm 44 verse 6. Listen to David. Let's go over to Psalm 44 verse 6. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. Think about that. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. Beloved, your own ability cannot save you. Secondly, your wealth cannot save you. Psalm 49, 6-8. Psalm 49, 6-8. Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches can not by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is costly. You can't pay for it. You can't pay for it. And I dare to close on this note that the more you know the God I serve, the God of the Bible in faith, the more you know him, the more you, you love him, the more he elevates you. Closing scripture. 116 Psalm, verse 1. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication. I pray for you, brother. Pray for you, sister. That may the Lord hear your supplication. May you begin to experience the changes that you desire in your life. It's going to get better. God bless you for listening to Bible Platform. Your friend, Pastor Ansimato, signing out for today. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. Tune in same time next week. God bless you.